Welcome everyone to another episode of B2B Weekly. Uh, today on a Tuesday, because we cannot uh, make it tomorrow, that we still wanted to come in and get to see each other a bit more, um, talk about what's happening this week. We have a few topics prepared for today. Uh, Nemanja, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, man, always this is the time for us and for the people following us, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this week, we have prepared a few things that we want to touch about. Um, one of the main topics uh, that's been top of mind for me lately on this week, and I think we discussed on, on Twitter as well, was about the importance of core values within B2B companies. Uh, so how important uh, core values are for a B2B company early stage, right? I think we're at about the same size uh, for four, five, six employees. Um, so early stage B2B companies that have been running for two years, year and a half. Um, are company core values needed? How, and I think that the answer will be yes, but, but how? And then the question follow up is how do we make sure that they're tied to a business outcome and they're not meaningless fluff that we put on a piece of paper or on the website. So. What are you yeah, saying? but but let's 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 start let's start from uh, from how did you come up with the topic? I think that that that's a good start. Yeah. So the the background to the story is uh, obviously we're, we're growing pretty quickly, so we're hiring people. Um, and one of the things we realized during the hiring process was they would ask us, "Hey, what are the main values of the company, or what are the, what's the vision? How would you describe the culture?" And while those things are in place, we have never documented them. We have never written them into a piece of paper. We've never chatted with the team about what do we want to be as a company? Where, where are we going as a company? Uh, what are the values? What are the culture of our company? Uh, so we didn't really have an answer for them, right? And obviously, like we tell them, look, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is the type of people that are inside the company. Uh, this is what we expect from you. But right now we're a young company. We're still figuring out who we are and we don't have, you know, four or five core values fully defined. Um, so when that happened, obviously we went through the hiring process. We hired uh, somebody who's great. And then when she came in, it was time where uh, my main employee, Andrea, uh, who is like, for me, I consider her part of our, of our leadership team, if you will, um, is uh, we try to work together on like, okay, we have this situation. Let's see if we can define who we are as a company together uh, so that we can guide our hiring decisions in the, in the future. Uh, so that's when, one of the things that we started talking about. Um, she has prepared this weekly exercise over the next three months. We're going to get together every Friday for an hour. And that leads into... Um, a bit of self-awareness, self-examination, audit, and core values, company mission, company uh, visions, well, over the next three months. Uh, but of course, I asked on Twitter, you know, uh, what are companies in the same size, more or less, doing? How important are they? Is it too early? Is it too late? What, what are you guys saying? And it inspired a pretty good discussion. I think there were about 40 people that commented. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it was about 10,000 people that, that read the tweet, about 600 or 700 engagements. So it was clear that there was something there 
that you know people are interested about um one of the people that commented was you and you said one of the reasons why companies don't have them right is because they put have to put something as they grow in the second year while they're rebranding on the website and they just have to throw something there but they don't really mean anything um What's been your experience? What have you seen with companies in the B2B space about how do they go about defining core values um, and how to make sure that they're not just fluffy words that sound good but don't mean anything? Yeah, I mean, this is the topic. Actually, yesterday while we were tweeting, I was just listening to to Erin Mayer uh, and uh, in a podcast with, with her. Um, she she actually wrote, wrote a book with... Uh, with uh, co-founder of the Netflix mm -hmm. uh, and worked with him on crea creating the values and the culture. Like the book was actually the guidelines for the company and inspired by how they are doing things and how they change some things. So uh, it's a topic that I've been thinking about. Um, and I'm, I've been seeing a lot of things. I even like Ghost written a, a book which is uh, one part of it is related to the core values of the companies. But, you know, let's go from the, from the worst examples. And the worst are the companies that uh, come up with, uh, with the vision, with the mission, with the culture, with the values, only when um, the time comes that they need to put something on the About Us page on the website. And that's bad because by the time that happens, usually there's already some kind of structure in the company. There is, they are working on things, they are growing, there are some people over there. And if you don't have those things before you get people or before you get even like say just a few people, you don't need to come up with everything right from the start. Uh, but doing it from the wrong reason is not, uh, is not a good way to go with it. But instead, this should be something that inspires the way you communicate, the way you differentiate from the others, the way you craft your messaging, um, the way you hire people, uh, it, it affects uh, a lot of things. Uh, it, you it fire branding people? as well. The way you fire people, yeah. Also, also that it's not something that's <laughs> irrelevant. Uh, and um, yeah, those are kind of the, the things that are important. And uh, by working in multiple agencies and companies, I have seen a lot of stuff. Like um, back in 2015, I think we worked. I worked in the agency that has like a sister company, which is uh, JTN Technologies. Uh, and uh, basically, I saw the the manual that they have. By the way, how the employees should behave, how everything is structured inside the company. And this is the first time that I um, like was introduced to something like that. And it was great because I had it that I could use it to, to craft up with something for, for the agency when I was a GM. Because mm, like the CEO of, uh, of JTN Technology was also the, the CEO of, of the company, actually the owner. So um, uh, coming up with that, what I needed to do is kind of see who we have as a team by the time it was 15 of us. So it was not like the perfect situation right from the start. Yeah. And by implying some of those things, um, we got some people laid off because they didn't feel in, in that, you know, they didn't, uh, they weren't like the best fit 
for the agency and wherever you want to go. Uh, also, like in uh, in the second agency, it was I don't know. Uh, like I was talking about it, talking about it, but the CEO wasn't really someone who is interested in that because the the company was structured around him as the one who is decision maker. And then like that's it. Basically, that's the structure. And but when it comes like that, well, uh, you don't actually need much of it, you know. And because we didn't have it. The guy came in and uh, made a really big mess inside the company. Uh, so all the people left, including me at the end. Uh, and I think that's the, the, the reason because we didn't have those things uh, in place. We didn't have like the, somebody who is managing the agency and coming up with, you know, this is the story. This, these are some of the things that we are doing. This is the way we are doing it and then hire based on that. But we hired based on like, okay, we need somebody to write, let's get someone. Or we need somebody for that, let's get someone. But we didn't get into too much details, you know? We were getting if, okay, we can get somebody, I don't know, that, that we can pay this certain of man, amount of money. But, you know, getting over that edge because, you know, we need to grow, we look at the vision, we see where we need to go, we didn't do that. And when I started Funky Marketing, it was basically, you know, the first thing that I've done. Because uh, I knew that this is something that I want to do, not something that I will create to kind of like uh, get me to the, to the next job position or to get me, I don't know, to, to something else to sell it or whatever. Uh, so I needed to do it right. And I had time, right? Because right. I was jobless, <laughs> but I also didn't, ha didn't have money. So I was in kind of in a glimpse of going here and there, listening to other people or doing what I think it's right because I've been part of the so many companies and I said, okay, I'm going to do it right. I have seen the way it should be done. And then I came up with like the four things that we, that we do and uh, like the story and everything. Because uh, when I came up with the name, we had a story. We talked about it on the podcast already about those kind of things and basically this is how how it went then i was adding people to the company actually they were uh going to our towards the company uh, attracted by the story attracted by the way i'm telling the story and it's still happening this day like i'm getting at least one or two messages from the people that are seeing that the way we work is a little bit different the way i present myself is a little bit different and they want to work with us in uh, now or in the future whenever there's a chance and i think it's uh uh extremely related to the values and the culture i got a, a comment um on my tweet uh, basically just to give context on people i tweeted we're working on our company values uh, how important do you think they are for early stage companies of around five employees? Uh, and related to what you're talking about, like people are attracted to your company because of your values, the way you present them. But on the flip side, people were uh, reluctant of your previous uh, company where you were the GM and they left just like you did because uh, by reason for the values. Uh, this uh, product marketer named Melanie uh, she said, uh, how important, air quotes, an absolute requirement, as in, I wouldn't even consider joining a startup with more than two employees 
sorry, with, with more than two people as employee number three, if core values weren't already articulated among the co-founders? Um, I answered, I hear you. Not sure if I fully agree to the full extent. Uh, most companies just have articulated meaningless stuff. Um, but I can see how they play a big role in attracting great talent. And then she answered, even fluffy buzzwords are better than nothing. I've seen companies successfully reset values at 50 plus employees uh, because they have acknowledged that they outgrew them. It's easier to point at bad values and say these aren't good than it is to operate around a void. At one point, there's like, there were at least three Atlanta-based startups using the same value sets because they copied them from a startup in town that did pretty well, I think, uh, currently. Over time, company leaders found their voices and made them their own, but what started as a foundation was a shortcut for growth. I answered, and I'll finish this here, 100% uh, agree values can be tweaked over time. Only thing I'm not sure of is, are buzzwords better than nothing? For us, it's been helpful to approach prospect employees and be radically transparent. Just tell them, this is what we do and this is how we do it. This is the type of people who we are and we're a young company still finding who we want to be. Can help us shape it and have a proactive impact on our core values. Um, that's worked pretty well so far, but I agree it's time to set something on paper, things to impact. So my question was, what do you think? Is, do you think it's better uh, to have some buzzwords and just articulate something while you go at what you think through? Or do you think it's better to just have nothing until you have something that can be set in stone? Mm, um, you know, it, it all depends, but it's uh, right from the, I mean, if you know what you are building and when you are going to, yes. But if you're just starting, you just get a first client. And I mean, right from the start, maybe you, if you just, it's just you or maybe one other guy, maybe you don't have time to do it. You know, maybe you need a person who will come as a third one and help you create all those things, you know, uh, especially now in the software-based companies and in other in the IR industry when we are, like a lot of people who are coming up with uh, founding the companies and creating the product are actually developers, you know? So um, are they aware of what they need to do? Maybe they are, but they know that they need somebody else to come in to, and to help them with that, or they, they will become aware of it. But right from the start, they are usually focused on the product and maybe to try to sell it. You know, that's how, that's how it goes. But when they get the first customer or they get any kind of, let's say, um, peace in that way or security, they will start doing it. If they don't start doing it, then they can lose big time. But this is where I, where I see kind of the, the bonds. Yeah, because I, I really think if you're defining core values before you've made a dollar, you're too early. You don't even know what that looks like. You don't have any validation. So you should focus your time on other stuff. Um, so there's a, I think there's a place between three to five employees that I think that's where you should really go down and define those values. Um, maybe it's when you make a full-time living of that. I, I, I think it, it depends to which founder, but um, too early, I think it's zero in revenue. Too late, I think it's when you pass five or six employees. I think that's, I guess, the, the, the last thing I... <clears throat> I want to discuss regarding core values is how uh, dependent should they be on the founder. So one of the things I realized 
as, as I try to set the core values on, on paper, right? What I think is important to me, what I ended up putting is what's important to me, not what's important to the company or, or to the rest of my employees. Um, that said, I am the founder, I am the sole proprietorship. Uh, so the employees will come and go, but I'll, I'll stay. Uh, so I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on um, how do you involve your team into your core values, your mission, your vision, um, if anything at all? Like, do you involve them fully? Do you um, involve them not at all? And I'd also like to share what I'm personally doing um, to involve my team or not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like, I would say... Uh when you say like people will live and go, I know that you still don't have your values, uh, you know, straight, because uh, if you uh, have, you, you wouldn't say something like that because they are here to like, um, values are starting for the from the founder. So yeah, the start is from you, from me, from the founders. But then as you add people, they are bringing their values inside of it so your values are developing as you have other people involved in the team and okay you have some core values but like and that's how you choose people so you just develop those values you're not actually i mean you will change them by the time probably as the like the company is growing or something like that but maybe you won't there are a lot of huge companies that didn't ever change their values so um it's not like dictatorship, but it's uh, a start and the leadership. That's, that's how, how I see it. Because uh, if you look at the values, they are here to, tell, to help you tell your story, right. you know, the right way. And um, as you are telling the story, other people get involved. As we talked last, last uh, two weeks ago with Rent, like they will add their story to your story. And so it will develop. Let's look at the funky marketing. So we were like Serbian company um, coming to change B2B industry. Then we hired a girl from Spain and possibly we will hire other people who are outside of the Serbia. So that changes a little bit the narrative, you know? So it's not the company from Serbia, it's the company from Europe. And it's a different kind of company with different kind of people, you know? So uh, different, I don't know, nationalities, different race, different stuff. Uh, so it all changes the story, the values, not really changes, but it gives her another light. And uh, that's, that's how, actually, how actually I see it. And those like core values are here to help you choose the right people. And so they can choose the company as well. So not, you are not just choosing them. They are choosing the company based, based on those things. So, you know, so I don't know if you have to be always on time and there's somebody who is always late. Just come up with some simple things. You know, like I can ever be on time. Is it the company that I want to work with? I want to work in my own time and the company we are working from eight to four every day. Yeah. You know, just some getting it to the basics. It's, it comes down to those things. And if like everybody in the company are the, the people that, you know, that want to do things uh, together, or they they have certain certain uh, habits. I don't know. We were working with uh, with with one big IT company, and there's um, helping them like create whatever post on LinkedIn. And there was an engineer who said, "Okay, I want to recruit people 
good engineers as I am to come to join my team. And uh, I was wondering if I can actually, I, we, want, we like to play the board games inside our team. And we want somebody who is also passionate about it because this is what we talk about all day. And if he or she, they're not passionate about it, they will feel like they're not accepted. Right. No, so just some simple things. It's not like something that we look in the clouds, you know, some values. Those kind yeah. Of yeah. For, for me, I think, um, like I was saying, I think it, it's normal that the values are an extension of the founder, especially early on. Uh, but as the founder, I think we need to try to bring the team with, with us. Right? We have to, I, I think of this as a journey. And, and the more we can bring the team with with us towards our journey, I think can can really help. Um, I don't think all the employees need to be involved personally. I think core values are, should be you know founder and leadership team. Uh, the rest of the team they need to live up to those values and maybe bring it their own to the company culture. But I don't think they should define the main core values of the company. I think it should be something that's defined between. 50% founder, 50% leadership team. And if it's early stage where it's maybe one person on the leadership team, I, I think it's my responsibility is 75 to 80% and 20% her. Uh, so that's what we're doing. We're bringing in uh, my teammate, Andrea, which I think, I hope, and you know, I can see her growing with us as a company. Um, and, and I want her involved. But at the end of the day, I think the, the core values need to be something that aligned towards me. And maybe that's a bit of narcissistic and, and ego thinking, uh, but the more, the, the more I can bring my team, the better while remembering that it's my company, right? And, and that I want to build something that I believe in. And hopefully there are enough people out there that I believe that as well. But I think yeah, we- I, 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 totally, I totally agree. Just, just a second, you reminded me yeah, of, sure, sure. of something. Cause like, um, in the last company, when I was director of operations, we were doing good, like the the strategy, the values, uh, culture, everything before I left. And, uh, you know, we all said, um, what are our ideas? How do we see everything? There was like an external person working on that with us, with the CEO. Uh, and like it was all up to the CEO if he's gonna accept it and change the way the company uh, should be or go old way, you know? And at the end, as you say, it, it is your word, you know? It's your company and it's your decision. And it can affect if uh, employees are gonna work there anymore or they aren't, but you're the one who are like who, the anchor yep. of it, right? So, yeah. Yeah, uh, and as a last thought, I think, we, we would all love to have our employees stay with us for 20 years, 30 years. I don't think that's very realistic, especially in the current environment. Um, I want to have the system where uh, they can come, they can do great work, they can grow their careers. And if they want to go, they can go, they won't, can, they're able to go. Um, there's some more there that we can talk another day, but I, I think for that it covers us. Uh, for, for the rest of the episode, I want to talk to you about something that we chatted last week uh, via WhatsApp, which is logical things that we're seeing 
in B2B companies that we're working with. So I think both of us are in the trenches with a lot of B2B companies from different sizes, from different places in the world. Um, and we see the good and the bad, right? What are some of the, I don't want to call it bad. I think illogical is a good way to put it. Uh, what are some of the things that you're seeing with the companies you're working with that you're like, I don't understand why we do it this way or, or why the thinking is this way? Um, is there something that stands out in your mind? Yeah, there are actually a lot of things. And um, I've been thinking about that topic because we are working with different companies who are like uh, from, um, from one employee to the, to the companies that have uh, 750 plus employees. So yeah. uh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a lot of things. Uh, and you know what's, what's interesting to me? Like all those companies, none of them are like the ones that are on a global scale dominating the category or, uh, you know, the industry or whatever. They are all challengers. So they are all the ones that are, that are challenging the industry. And as they grow, they are behaving like they are dominating everything. You know, like the people getting there. And I think oh, a lot of them are getting to the enterprise level mindset too early. And it stops them from being flexible, for being fast and for being innovative. And I think it, it's something that will end a lot of them uh, earlier than they think because they are doing those things. On the other hand, uh, yeah, let, let me explain what do I mean by that. Uh, I mean that you have people who are not like decision makers uh, who goes like, mm, I don't think this is our standard. Mm, I don't think this is, um, I think this is like vanilla content. Um, I think in, they are not here to actually give any feedback on that when it comes to that. No, they hire somebody who is an expert on that and that's it. Uh, so overprotective people in that way uh, and getting, uh, you know, they want to prove themselves and then, because they have like this, all, all of them have this growth mindset and they go into the extremes. And because they go, they, they go into the extremes, nothing gets done. And on the other hand, they have the structure, which is more like enterprise. So um, there are at least five pair of eyes on each piece of content on everything. So you imagine what's happening, chasing perfection that never comes. And then again, nothing gets done. And like you ended, you end up working two months without actually you know, something publicly shown yeah. because, because of those things. Uh, and then, I mean, some let's connect it to some unexpected things in pandemic times and it gets even worse. So that's on one end. On the other end, what I'm seeing is a lot of companies um, get seed B investment, seed A investment, and it changes the way they're thinking about business because they think of satisfying the investor. Mm. And if they get into too early or they don't know how to make that balance uh, because it is the weight that is bringing you down when you have the investor 
I mean, they are uh, uh, they are giving the pressure of like showing certain things, showing the growth, you know. Mm-hmm. And you are on the other hand, you are trying to build something for a long term, and then you are like in between. And if you go to this side, you will lose in the long term. If you go to this side, and you don't have the investors' money, so it's not an easy situation but it affects a lot the way you see marketing, the way you see growth, the way you, see, you go with alignment, especially if you don't have the previous experience of doing it. No, and uh, there are just like two situations that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I think um, we, we work with a bit different clients. So our clients are usually a bit smaller. Uh, they're usually between 20 to 30 employees, 20 to 50 employees. That's where we're uh, seeing. Um, so it's a different challenge, right? Because usually they might have one or two people in the marketing department that we work together with, uh, which is pretty smooth. But but it's a challenge still, right? Because the um, the lack of speed is incredible. I think across many different B2B companies, and I agree 100% with you. Of like, dude, we, we've been working for a month and a half. We haven't published anything because we're, we're looking for the smallest revisions, right? Um, we're working with a big, big fintech company. And, and we're seeing that. Like we're seeing it, it's the smallest that it's like we, it, it, this word for this word, it's not going to change anything. We, what's going to stop us is the lack of speed and the lack of execution. Uh, so that's where we're seeing that companies need to get faster. Like what I, I'm a client of my own agency, right? So when my team sends me content for review, I skim through it. It takes me 10 minutes to review a month worth. And, And it's the same content that we might send a client and the client takes three weeks, four weeks. The difference is I understand the importance of speed. Like if it's a video, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm just going to tell you, are there spelling and grammar mistakes on the subtitles? No? Okay, then go. The publish. Just publish it today. Like if it's a text, I'm just going to scream through it. Does it sound like me? Sure. Let's publish. Next. What, what's content we can create? Next. 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 Because otherwise, we're going to be here talking about this fucking video. And if this blue is blue too dark or too light, motherfucker, just post. <laughs> who cares um, so I think once we you get the mindset of like execution and speed allows you to get feedback from market and allows you to understand what's working what's not working and allows you to see results otherwise we're gonna be here talking forever about this post when we, if we post it we would have known if it worked or not because we might change it and then it's gonna work less um, but founders that understand that and that they're willing to let go of control and marketing departments that are willing to let go of, of that control too, there's not many of them. Because it also makes their job look easy. If I go to a founder or to a marketing team and I'm like, here's the content, just publish it today. And then they don't review and then they don't find something wrong. Then they realize that they're not needed. They're unnecessary. And if they're unnecessary, they get fired. So I, I think it's important to remember are the, our alignments aligned with them? Like, with, with their personal selfish needs, right? As a founder, if he doesn't review and make sure that everything is 100% perfect, does that look bad on him? Uh, he thinks it does, but it doesn't. Um, 
so we trying to focus on speed with companies is important, right? I think that's why it helps to have a very systemized process of delivery. And I agree that we're going to do two revisions. It's not because we don't want to review more. It's because after two revisions, there's nothing here that we can change other than waste time, right? Like I'm just making it up, but like figuring out what that looks like for you. Or we're going to charge you whether we publish or we don't. And if we don't publish, we'll still charge you. So it's up to you how quick do you want to do this. Like figuring out ways to align incentives for speed, I think is important, but not, a, not an easy thing to do for sure. Yeah, and um, like it, sometimes it happens that we lose even motivation to work with a company because it takes too long, you know? Oh, sure. Like I, I think you are like us producing like content really fast. And if you produce it in like two or three days, uh, like we are then waiting, you know, yeah. and, and it's not what I found out. It doesn't depend on the size of the company. It depends on whom you're talking with and uh, the way they see their role in that uh, process of approving the content, you know, or getting things done. Yeah, 100%. And an underrated challenge that happens with that is financials because it will really fuck up your cash flow because you'll be ready to create new content, but you'll still have had to review the next, the previous batch of content. So we, you cannot go ahead to the next month. So now one month takes two months and then you're fucked because you, now you're charging half the price, but your account manager is doing the same work. And you still have to pay them because they're full time. So like that's one of the challenges that we faced. Uh, we're somewhat still facing, but we're getting better at it. Of like, yo, we can no wait. Like, you're gonna fuck up our our cash flow too. Obviously, we don't say like that, but um, there's an immediate need for speed for things to work along. And and at some point, there's some clients that were like, look, if we cannot get you on the phone or we cannot get you on Slack answering messages or reviewing or whatever that looks like it's just not a part it's not just not important enough to you because if it was important then you'd review uh, and then you take care of, and you'd publish but if it's not important then what are we doing we don't want to get yeah it, ca it, ca it comes down to if that's important enough yeah i 100 percent agree yeah for sure like if it's important you'll take care of it like i call my mom every day for 20 minutes every day like do I have 20 minutes for her? I do because she's important, right? So I will somehow always find a way to call her. Like right now I'll ask you if we can finish the episode 10 minutes early because I want to give her a quick call. Like I'll find a way to do these things because she's important. If something's not important to me, it will go on my asana and I'll never take care of it. So the, as a marketer, I think, and as a business, we need to, make it so important for them that they cancel meetings to review because they know that this is actually going to help their business. So if it's not important, it's a messaging problem or a client fit problem. Um, sometimes it's not even a process problem. It's, it's that it's, it's just not important enough in their mind. Agree. Agree. I mean, uh, there are so many things that we need to work uh, on and uh, to be able to get there because a lot of companies actually need a change of the system. Yeah. 
you know that's when it comes to come down to and if they aren't aware of it i mean we can try to influence some things but if they aren't aware that it needs to happen it won't happen 100% i've been 100% but, but yeah i mean that, this is the challenge with service businesses right like it's not everything's not rainbow everything no it's not ideal and and building an agency comes with certain challenges it comes with great benefits right we, you can build a six figure business like that four clients or three clients and there you're there um, but it also comes with some other stuff that you're working with people you, you have to interact um, so it's it's something we need to work with from a messaging standpoint from a process standpoint and then some clients are just not a good fit right like some clients no matter what you do they won't de- deploy the time needed or, or they won't be interested enough and then you just have to fire them i think because otherwise they're just a, they're carrying they're bringing you down uh, and yeah. you cannot push forward yeah definitely let's see who we uh, we have people cheering us a lot of them <laughs> and and we have stuart winterteer saying finally someone has said it so because linkedin is a little it's what made behind right yeah <laughs> yeah so we said a lot of things we said a lot of things i don't know Stuart, which one you're talking about but uh yeah so uh if you can write in the comment if you're still watching and can write in the comment what what we have said that uh made you write the comment i would really appreciate it yeah but either way someone did say it so good for us i guess uh man i think we have a couple more topics to cover i don't know if we're going to have time today if we can save them for another day um as a final question uh, we just moved into q2 q2 um a few weeks back how were how are things uh looking forward for q2 what are you looking at i think we have four or five more minutes for for us to talk about this and then we can have the rest for for another episode yeah let's let's go through it uh, i mean for us we we failed at uh growing the the traffic on the website we um actually we failed like really badly i think we increased it a little bit um uh, but i still can figure out like why did we increase it so it's not it's not something that we have done good uh but also some things that we have done in the past uh and when it comes to the good things i mean we increased the revenue uh three times uh we got some long term clients some really good references for getting to the next level we got into some really good partnership we were able to uh and we're still doing like testing the linkedin accelerator that we talked a little bit about and i think we're going to launch it in in this quarter uh and uh, also when it comes to that so i decided okay let's go with a bigger goal for the for the q2 so 10x the traffic on the website yep. and by doing that i know that we need to hire somebody who will write content for us and we are utilizing the jarvis like mm-hmm. the the virtual employee yep. uh, a lot because like they they launched some uh, some new products uh, yeah and in the first night while just uh, having fun i was able to write 70% of the three articles on some really heavy topics related to the seo so uh i think by the end of this week we'll have a process for that as well and we'll be able to come up with uh, with multiple articles per day by not hiring that many content writers as mm-hmm. well so i think that will 
it would help us in a way. Uh, but uh, overall, we want to continue like uh, to increase the revenue two and a half times. That was the, the goal for the first quarter as well. How many times? So, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, that that's the goal for the for the whole like four quarters. Yeah. Because at the end, I want to have like ten x growth in a, in a year. So um, we'll see how how it goes. But uh, so far, um, it's going good, and we are slowly thinking about directions we can go with the team. Like probably creating a video production uh, department inside the company, besides content writing. I think those are the things where we can extend, but also like being with LinkedIn Accelerator and a new product, uh, which will carry with itself a lot of smaller products. So yeah, basically that's it. What about you guys? I love it. Um, it I mean, it seems that overall it was a great quarter for you guys. Uh, for us, we, we basically have um, three yearly goals that we're going after. Uh, one is 70K MRR of ideal revenue. Uh, we're currently at uh, about to cross at 30. So in that sense, we're, we're doing great. Um, we're on our way together. I'm not sure if we're going to get to 70, but you know, like it's one of those things where like, if you fall a bit short, it's fine. You know, like uh, I won't be too mad. If we get you'll, to you'll know, you'll know why, and you'll know what are some things that you need to do to get there. Yeah, and it was a pretty ambitious goal. Like 70K is almost a million in revenue. So like, um, I think we're on our path and it's more important to focus on ideal revenue than, than just straight revenue. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to do is, is to not be so reliant on myself. Uh, so we, I think one of the things we've done well was to um, improve our processes. We've worked with an agency that has helped us, you know, uh, take Asana to the next level create processes and systems uh, for the company. One of the goals for the quarter was to define the core values. Obviously, we haven't done that. Uh, we'll have moved that goal to Q2. Um, so we've hired a couple of people. I think we're building a good team. Now it's just a matter of like making sure we're delivering great work for our clients, that they're happy, and then slowly you know, continue to revamp our, our marketing and sales so that we can keep growing. Uh, one of the things I'm happy about was we're taking a step forward in terms of our person, my personal brand and our marketing for the company. Um, from Twitter, the podcast is back alive. Um, LinkedIn, we're publishing more consistently there. Uh, so I, I'm seeing slow, slow things t- taking shape. You know, um, there's things that we haven't done great. I think like our onboarding for new hires has to be better. Um, I think there's certain things that our finances need to be better like tracking finances and, and managing cash flow. Like I hate doing that shit. Like I'm not good at it. So I need to, I need to figure it out. Yeah. Same um, here. Same here. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that's what happens when you're a marketer, right? Like when, when you're a solo founder, and I know this is a topic for another day, but like if you're a solo founder, it's impossible to be good at everything. Like not everything can be come natural to you. You cannot be a good marketer, a good leader, a good hider, a good HR person, a good COO, and a good CFO. Like there has to be something that, that you're not good at. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll, we'll get help with that and, and we'll slowly um, 
get better at it but but yeah i think being nice to to ourselves is important like just having self-compassion of like look you cannot be good at everything it just it's not possible yeah i i agree too i mean i usually go back just go back to the to the vision that uh that i have set up and uh it it makes the decisions a lot easier right you know the the amount of investment the risk and everything it makes it worth it you know because like if we're gonna do this we if this step that we are taking is gonna benefit us in that way let's go and do it you know and we often forget that that things are really like not that complicated yeah. in this way you know like to to get to the next level do i need somebody to take over the finances yes let's go ahead and do it no matter if i'm not really secured of how it will go you know exactly. and it happened it happens every week with some some of the decisions we are making exactly i think that's a good way a good mental decision making model uh to to make choices right um Emaya, i uh, have to run out uh, this was a great episode i think we, we talked about a very interesting stuff uh, we have a couple of topics for next week too so we can we can have this ready um yeah let's go i'm interested how you how you guys are, are doing it and looking forward to getting more into the into what you are doing specifically to the for the next for the next session yeah absolutely happy to share that and next week we'll go back to to wednesdays 12 p.m eastern 6 p.m europe time um thank you so much for everybody listening thank you again for your attention we we value your attention a lot uh, hopefully this was valuable in exchange uh, and see you next time yeah thanks guys write us in comments if you find this insightful and if you have any questions we can answer next time absolutely bye Cheers. bye so long Thank you.